The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Then Mick came back in and Mick said about the, the training kit hadn't arrived and the training pitch wasn't as good as he, as he thought. And as soon as Mick said that, I thought it must be bad. And um, there was no balls, of course. They should have been there on Thursday or Friday or something. I think this was on the Saturday evening when we got there or the Sunday evening. And uh, I, I couldn't believe it. I really couldn't. Yeah, Roy Keane speaking about Saipan, of course, in 2002, that famous interview with the broadcaster Tommy Gorman. The reason we are talking about it is, is included in the shortlist of Ireland's greatest moments. And we want you to decide what should be number one, what should come out on top of the pile. And you can go to Newstalk.com and vote. Tommy, I'm delighted to say, is with me on the show. Tommy, you're very, very welcome. Um, I, I don't expect you to kind of relitigate Saipan, who was right and who was wrong. Instead, I'd love to hear how all of this played out from your point of view, Tommy, and getting that interview and actually sitting down with Roy in Manchester. Um, good afternoon to you. The way it played out was uh, I was back working in Belfast at that time. I'd been in Brussels for 12 years. I had always shown an interest in sport in my RTE times. And because Brian O'Connell, our London correspondent, was on holidays, the news editor and the head of news had a decision to make about sending somebody in search of Roy Keane, who was heading back to Ireland. So Ray Burke and uh, Ed Hall decided I had a crew, I had an interest in sport, I had a bit of a relationship with Manchester United from covering Champions League games, uh, and I liked uh, chasing a story. And so that's how I was sent to Manchester, as simple as that. And when you got there, I mean, was it a a scene like we would expect to see today in a similar situation? Were there journalists from all over the world gathered around the airports of Manchester? The the exact opposite. Most of the quality sports journalists were at the far end of the world, gone off to the World Cup, Ah. some of them on the same plane as the Irish squad. Uh, So... You had the second string and the third string and uh, Z-listers in terms of sport, like myself, people who were <laughs> interested, but weren't full-time involved. And curiously, like it's hard to, to imagine it now, but there wasn't, say, the recognition that this was going to be such a talking point in Ireland. And most of the people who were there uh, in Manchester, outside Roy, when we found out where he lived, first of all, we went to Old Trafford. We knew he was still in the air and we had time to just plant a flag and say we're here and start filing material. But then the next thing was the stakeout to get to his house. And um, most of the people there were, were, well, all the people there by ourselves, I think, were from the British media. Mm. And um, as soon as... They got their shots of him returning and going in and then coming out with Triggs and seeing that he wasn't too keen to be giving interviews there. The word went round among them that a deal had been done um, with uh, one of the British Sunday newspapers. So they had their shots to saw he wasn't going to be talking. The impression they had from his agent, Michael Kennedy, was there would be no more interviews. Mm. So everyone left except ourselves. uh, And we stayed because we felt as he had been the Irish captain, as he was such a say, major figure, say, uh, he was the Irish standard bearer. He was the big talking point. The whole country was interested in what he might do next. Was there any chance of him going back? So we decided that we'd stay with the story to see if there was any chance. And then we started working the phones. We got lucky. Uh, I got lucky in particular, making contact with Roy's agent, Michael Kennedy. And Michael Kennedy understood that how how 
engaged Irish people were in what if and maybe and mighty uh, with all those questions. Uh, so Michael Kennedy saw the value of that. And I remember also saying to him, look, if he's going to be appearing in a Sunday newspaper, a British Sunday newspaper, and there's nothing uh, in a place like RGE, uh, you know, National Broadcasting Service, um, it's not going to look good. So yeah. Michael recognised that. And Eamon Dunphy uh, often uh, says that uh, Roy Keane consulted with him and I wouldn't go challenging Eamon Dunphy on that one, so I'm sure that he did. <laughs> so, I mean, how confident were you it was all going to go according to plan? Or, or were you still nervous right up to the point that you were actually sitting down in a hotel room with Roy Keane sitting opposite you? Look, you should know this. You know what it's like. You <laughs> yeah. do this every day. You think you have the interview lined up, but there's always the question of the last, always the danger of the last minute wobble. And until the person is sitting there in front of you and until the camera, cameraman tells you, I have the recording of that, uh, that there's no technical hitch there, you're nervous as a kitten until you have that. Uh, but it, I never forget the relief of seeing him arrive uh, outside that hotel near his home in in Hale in Manchester and seeing him walking in. And we had a cordoned off an area of the hotel that had a large function room and we had hired a freelance cameraman. I had a cameraman from Belfast with me, Conor O'Brien. So until we had the four, the what, two cameramen, mm. Michael Kennedy, Roy Keane uh, and myself uh, in that room, uh, I, I wasn't 100% sure that, you know, yeah, game on here. And then once he sat down, um, away we went. And and it became, look, it was a story, of course, that caused the entire nation to stop in its tracks. And, and the interview you did with him, everybody sat down to watch it and everybody had an opinion on it, on his answers. To what extent were you aware of all of that while you were recording it? Of just how kind of momentous it was that 20 years later you, you'd be here talking about the interview. Uh, I knew it was a huge story. Like RTE had decided they were going to stick it out as soon as they got it. And we, you know, had a transmission slot arranged. And I remember we did some edits on the material, just just dropped in a few cutaway shots uh, uh, and had to transfer that onto another tape. So we were kind of tight for time. And like, you think nothing of it nowadays, the way technology has changed. Mm. But as we were feeding back the material from Manchester, it was going out at the other end in Dublin. So if we had pressed the wrong button as it was being fed, you know, there would have been a hole in the <laughs> schedule. So it was it was as high wire as that. And of course, I, I had some sense of the excitement. And I knew that most people wanted, you know, Roy Keane and Mick McCarthy and the FAI to make up yeah. and for him to go back and for Ireland to have had a good team at, at the time. And I know there was a part of Keane that wanted to go back. I know there was a very big part of him that was hurting. I know there was Mick McCarthy that was going to stand his ground and he can be quite obstinate when he's in that corner. And of course, you had the FAI with most of their people on the far side of the world. And back at base, you had a very young fella called John Delaney giving out the official line. Mm. So you, you didn't have all the ingredients for a perfect cake there. Let's put it that way. And can you go, Tommy, before you go, can, can you answer a question from Derek? Did Roy Keane seem nervous to Tommy? Because I always thought he sounded slightly nervous in these interviews, quite unlike his personality on the pitch. Um, look, Roy Keane is a very complex person. He's very shy. He cared about what was happening. 
he was still angry about it. He was really frustrated about the outcome. He was conscious that this was maybe his last chance to, you know, star in a major tournament and maybe try and get close to winning some silverware for his uh, country. And I was pushing him and, you know, asking him sort of sensitive things like the effects this would have on kids. And, you know, maybe there was some wrong on his side. Certainly there was wrong on the other side. And I think it was a bit more than a sports interview. And he knew mm. that. Uh, and I think the uh, there's actually a very tender, sensitive, caring side of Keane, as well as the gladiator who take your head off in a contest. And I think those different sides of him, some of them, some of those came across. I actually think the reason why we're still talking about it and why, you know, it's in your shortlist is because for us, it's still about the what might have been. And we're all very conscious that this was the true nature of tragedy, something that didn't happen, but was happening before our eyes. Listen, Tommy, it's been an absolute pleasure and thanks a million for taking the time to chat to us. Uh, Tommy Gorman, former RTE journalist who, of course, interviewed Roy Keane so famously when he returned from Saipan in Manchester. If you think that is the greatest moment, maybe for ill or otherwise in Irish history, go to newstalk.com and vote accordingly. Plenty still to come on the show today. Don't go anywhere. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.